Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto home life business, they're the best in the business at making sure you are completely insured. And not only that, they will make sure it is all at the best possible price. And you want to deal with the best in the business. That's uh, How many times you heard me say that in this show? You want to be uh, around the best in the business. That's why we switched out the first f- host for Matt. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's a different topic. <laughs> you want to be associated with the best in the business. And Purdy Insurance, we're proud to have an association with them because I think they're the best in the business. And happy holidays from us to them. And I know they want to wish all of their clients, customers, and the entire Valley. Happy holidays. In a year, by the way, where we still play the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament, and uh, they raised significant coin to help the Greater Susquehanna Valley YMCA. Remember last week we were talking about bowls, and it was talked about the Guaranteed Rate Bowl and the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Uh, the, uh, The Guaranteed Rate Bowl... It's supposed to be Saturday, and I brought up the point sooner rather than later. Penn State, of course, opted out on Saturday night. Today, the guaranteed rate poll was canceled. Now, it should be pointed out that the guaranteed rate poll, so you know, was not going to allow any fans. Now, if you're sitting there in your room, and that's one of your one of your possibilities that you go to, and they're not going to allow fans. If you're a player, you're looking around saying, so you want us to go to Phoenix, play in the stadium, and my parents can't be there? You know, they, they, again, the Steelers are going to play their 11th consecutive week tonight. And remember, this has been about how, how often have you heard about, oh, hey, they got to play this the 11th straight week, they got to play 13 weeks. Okay, that's been brought up a lot. That's for pros. Penn State would have been playing in its 10th consecutive week. Like I said, being around them Wednesday, and like I said, I was in the building for about four hours on Wednesday doing the letter of intent day work, gave me a perspective of how wearing this all has been for them. You know, it's grab-and-go meals. It's Zoom meetings. It's, you know, finally you can do some in-person meetings. Yeah, you practice. It's it's doing classes on Zoom, finals on Zoom. Right? I have one player say to me, I'm not going to mention the, the name of the player, but he said to me on Wednesday, he says, oh, Steve, I'm so ready to be done with school and how we had to do it this year. You know. Again, 
I'm not making excuses here. This is not okay. When I do things like that, I think people think you're making excuses. I mean, you're so wrong about that. That's that's me giving you information. There's a big difference between making an excuse and giving information. I mean, did you know? I'm trying to give you a perspective of somebody actually who was standing there with them to get a read on what was going on. And that's all I'm doing is passing along information. I hope uh, some of you find it at least valuable, at least to add to the toolbox of what you already know about the team. All right. Uh, Our play-by-play call of the day. This is what happens when you have a real professional quarterback running your operation. Sprint out action to the left by Mahomes. Holds it in his right hand. Fires it late for the end zone in the back of the end zone. Hardman with the catch. Does he have it? They haven't ruled it. Yes, they do. Touchdown, Kansas City. This time the Jet takes a small plane. A single-engine plane to the back of the end zone, and the Chiefs regain the lead on a five-yard touchdown pass. What an operation that Kansas City team has, don't you think? Yeah. Very good chance to win back-to-back Super Bowls. You know, it's interesting. They they don't look as good as they did last year, yet they don't they don't lose. That's how deep they are. I mean, they don't look as good as they did last year, yet nobody's beating them. All right, let's. Uh, the Bengals play the Steelers tonight. Matt's all hepped up for it. He's, he went out, bought some extra ranch dip to go with the chips. All set to go. Locked in, loaded for this one. My good friend, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, uh, virtual hug to you, Paul Alexander. Great to have you with us, my friend. Merry Christmas to you, my friend. How are things? Things are okay. Things are doing all right. You know? They point me toward whatever I talk. It's a good life. It is. It is not bad at all. <laughs> that works. Got the got the uh, Steel, Steelers and the Bengals tonight. All right. So as you have looked at this Steeler team offensively, because uh, you and I both know the secondary is fine for obvious reasons. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, but when you look at the offensively, why? Two things. Why can't they run the ball, which they were pretty good at last year? And why can't Ben get the ball downfield? It's a matter of, of choice, actually. Um, I always go back this weekend, uh, a lot of conversation about this. Um, go back to that Tennessee Titans game. The first two drives that the Steelers had, they were surgical. They were mixed. They were balanced. Uh, there was some medium passes thrown. There were some really effective runs in the mix. They took nine, nine and a half minutes off the clock on touchdown drives. But at the end of the day, Ben's numbers were kind of pedestrian. Yeah. You know, 210 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. And Ben got really, I think, restless and insecure about not really standing out. Even though he was playing really well, and the team was on its way to an 11-0 start, you know, the best start in franchise history. I kept saying, be careful that Ben isn't okay with this. So all of a sudden, the run-pass options became no option. It was a pass. And then it was just this ridiculously short passing game that 
you know, finally DBs and others could just absolutely pathetically predict, jump it, maybe get a pick six like they did again, you know, against the Bills. And I put it all on Ben. And he has a he has a mouthpiece and an O coordinator and Randy Feetner. I mean, he's never gonna say boo if Ben doesn't want to do it. You know, he constantly re- refers to I have a hundred million dollar quarterback buy, but I suggest otherwise. So Ben hijacked his own offense. Now the the poor offensive line guys that have a lot of pride and you know they don't want to be called soft. They don't want to be called uh, out for not being physical enough. But you start every play in a two point stance. Your first step is always one step back. <laughs> and now these running backs running backs have the reputation that they can't run right. because they'll hand it off. You know, a handful of times in the game. They'll go from minus two, and I'll say, yeah, we can't run the ball. Let's not do that anymore. It's just a lack of commitment, a lack of trying, and it's a matter of having a franchise quarterback dictating exactly what he wants to do, albeit, you know, let's drop some plays in the dirt, whatever you want to call it. Ben wants everyone to know it's his show. It's his party, and it's not working now. Three weeks, it hasn't worked. And what they also also need is, for example, a guy like Johnson – uh, who has been very good for them, but he's struggling right now. Uh, he's fighting the football a little bit, and that's the last thing in a short passing game you need, a guy at that speed fighting the ball. Oh, it's awful, and they all are. And that becomes contagious, like hitting in baseball or not hitting in baseball. All of a sudden, you know, you squeeze the bat too hard. But I never make excuses for guys dropping the ball. That's what they're paid to do. Sometimes I try to explain it. And yeah. when you're catching the ball, Ben's getting rid of it in 2.5 seconds. So that means you've maybe, you've maybe run three yards in that span of time. So once you catch the ball, there's going to be someone on you immediately. So your biggest concern is making that first guy miss. And what happens more often than not, you're trying to make that guy miss before you secured the ball. And therein lies the drops. Yeah. And therein, therein lies the the drops. And it puts more pressure on the defense. Uh, for the most part, the defense is held up pretty well, but it does put a lot more pressure on them, Paul. Oh, it's insane. I mean, it's we've seen it how many times over the years. You know, there were a couple of units, and, you know, they're not going to go named, or I won't even identify the year, but um, there was a certain team that took a safety intentionally <laughs> just so <laughs> – just so it guaranteed the Penn State offense would once again have the ball as opposed to the defense being on the field, which was far more opportunistic. I believe we I... We won't name names or... I, yeah, I believe, it just got to happen. I believe I know, know uh, the person that announced that game. Know of what I speak. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was awful. <laughs> it was just... Yeah. And there was a period of time when... You know, the offense not only wasn't producing, I mean, three and out was good. They were going two and two and pick, one and fumble. You know, they weren't they weren't even like, you know, getting down the field at all. Like, you know, like Joe used to say, any drive that ends is in a kick is a pretty good drive. Right. And really and as much as I've been hung up on the Steelers' inability to get a yard on the ground when they need it, uh, their penchant for going empty on third third and short, fourth and short. That just, you know, they, they paid Derek Watt $4 million to be a fullback, and he's yet to line up in that position. Yeah. So that, that bothers me. But the real truth of the matter is, Steve, honestly, if the Steelers didn't lead the NFL in drops, 
they would probably be a one-loss team right now. Right. I, I think they would have definitely beaten that football team from, from Washington. Yep. Now, the way Buffalo and Josh Allen played in the second half, maybe they're not as good as Buffalo. I'm not sure the Steelers are. Right. Um, you know, with Devin Bush and, and, and Bud Dupree in there, I'd certainly like my chances with the Steelers going head-to-head with the Bills, but they're not that team anymore. So the offense was supposed to pick up the slack. They supposedly have a real good receiving core. They have a great pass-catching tight end. Oh, but what does he do? He drops the ball. The next guy he blocks this year will be the first. Yeah. So Eric Ebron, you start to wonder, he's a pretty young guy. Why has he been on three teams in, you know, seven years? Well, he doesn't play well, and then he runs his mouth. That doesn't go well. I mean, that that's exactly why you don't want him around. Right. Well, exactly. That's a, that's a big reason why you don't want him around. I never thought I would say this uh, about six weeks ago, but a win over the Bengals is something they really need right now just to get themselves some semblance of feeling back. Yeah, this, as far as timing goes, and I will give the Steelers a bit of a pass for the the ridiculousness of the scheduling of the Ravens game, they end up playing at a, a 340 sure. Wednesday afternoon game in an empty stadium. Right. Uh, David, DeCastro, David DeCastro at one point looked up and just said, what are we doing here? Like, right. what, what is this? And then they played at 5 o'clock on, on, a, on a Monday. So while they've done the three games in 12 days, really the last time, I mean, when you play a Sunday game in the NFL, you're more than likely going to have three games in 12 days. That's just kind of the way it breaks down. But never like this. I mean, never with the strange circumstances that they had. So they were they were out of sorts. And I think they allowed a lot of the naysayers, the you know, the Colin Cowherds of the world, you know, taking shots at an undefeated team. I don't think they handled it very well. I, I think they were like kinda you know, they were kinda sad and mad. We won all our games, how come you don't like us? You know, they right. they didn't handle it nearly as well as I would have liked. And they were trending in the wrong direction. And one thing I do know is Washington has a very good defense. Yes, they're not a very good football team, but I really like their defense. And they they showed up and played, and they won the next week. So that really wasn't as bad as it appeared. Uh, Again, losing to Buffalo, there's no there's no shame in that. Josh Mm -hmm. Allen right now, top three or four quarterback in the league with with an upside that's frightening. Um, Buffalo has a chance like Kansas City does, to maybe dominate a division for a while. I mean, Miami might have a little something to say about that, but that's going to take them a couple years. Right now, both Buffalo and Kansas City are in a situation where they can be New England-like in their own division for a while. Right. Uh, So tonight, is this a case of in the first quarter and a half, we're going to find out whether it's the last two weeks or whether they've got control of the situation. If it were anyone other than the Bengals, <laughs> I would say yes. But I honestly think they can go out and just destroy this team, and I'm not sure we'll know any different than we did prior to the game. They're that bad. Cincinnati's really that bad. Well, you have to give them credit. you have to give them credit to be that bad. <laughs> well, I mean, you take away Burrow, you take away Mixon. Yeah. It's, I mean, what little they had is gone. So, I don't know what you glean, but I know this. If the Steelers don't dominate and, and really take care of business very professionally tonight, 
if they're not riding those escalators, you know, midway through the uh, fourth quarter, and that you know that famous Cincinnati Bengal you know fan isn't crying by halftime, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. Never in trouble on this show when you join me. <laughs> Merry Christmas, my friend. As always. Hey, Merry Christmas to you and your big, huge, amazing family. Yeah. Tell everyone I said hello up there, and, and hopefully I can get up there sooner rather than later. And when you do, you better call me when you do, because i got to see you, pal. Will do. Great to have you with us on the show today. Thanks to Paul Alexander. Paul Domowicz will be coming up in a few moments on the uh, show. Uh, we'll talk with him about the Eagles, who suddenly out of nowhere are losing respectably. <laughs> that was a wild one yesterday. Actually, that was actually a really good game uh, yesterday. Game of the day, in my opinion. The what? I'm sorry. The game of the day, in my opinion. Yeah, it was one of them. Yeah, it was one of them. No question. Um. Uh, so, the do you see Dabo Sweeney's uh, uh, coaches poll? No, and I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> yeah, Ohio State eleventh. <laughs> He's such a dope. Seriously. But you know what? Okay. Uh, first of all, the, the worst the, in the bowl thing, the worst part to me is the Army's left out. They're 9-2. Hey, South Carolina's in. Yeah, that's a disgrace. For goodness sake, for goodness sake South Carolina, my understanding is, is that they, they've been so they, they've struggled so much this year, they haven't even practiced victory formation. Uh, so... <laughs> Um, but here, I mean, here's the perception of Ohio State is an issue. Okay, this is an issue. When you play only six games and everybody else has been out there, putting it on the line, um, you know, putting it on the line. When you're, uh, you know, and I talked about this years ago, so this is not you. When Baylor and TCU were playing, and the four conference championship game winners ended up being in the Final Four, and Ohio State went from sixth to fourth, and TCU went from third to fifth, and Baylor fell back to sixth. Um, And I said, "Look, I said, you're, I said, Ohio State. Who was it? Ohio State, Alabama, whomever it was that year. Oregon. I said they they risked it a thirteenth time, and these guys don't. And that was my argument about Notre Dame a couple of years ago that they didn't have to play in a conference championship game. This time they did. And." So if you're following that along, I know it's an new, this is a year unlike any any other. So I got that part. I got that part. 
but they only had to play six. And everybody else is playing 11. And I think that ends up being the problem with this. In other words, these guys over here, I voted for, risked it five more times than you did. Hey, he has to play him, and I'll be honest with you. Clemson will score on that defense. Oh, yeah, that game's not going to be close. Neither of these semifinals are going to be close. And that's and that's what it's creating. It's create. There is an unintended consequence to the college football playoff. I was all for the college football playoff, but my original was they should play eight. Right? There should be eight. And I'm right there with when, you. When I when they said four, I accepted it because four was better than two, which was better than none. So I accepted what you could get. But it's created now, as an unintended consequence, a tier system. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto home life business. They'll find you exactly the right insurance and absolutely the best price because they know that saving money is critical. They have to do it with bundles, they'll do it, but they'll find a way to do it. And that is, of course, at some our good friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. The bowl season, by the way, officially underway. The Myrtle Beach Bowl at the half, it is 35-14. Appalachian State leading North Texas. North Texas couldn't defend our staff meeting. All right, let's get to Paul Domowich, Philadelphia Inquirer. Paul, welcome. Great to have you with us. Happy holidays to you and yours. You too, Steve. All right. Uh, so with the level of respectability, they're out there, and, and the Eagles are certainly playing better. But I want to get to Howie Roseman. What is behind the decision to stick with him moving forward to craft this roster? Uh, I mean, Jeff Lurie just has no interest in getting rid of him, getting rid of him right now. I mean, uh, I don't think it's ever been on the table. Um, you know, I mean, the the, the coaching uh, situation is, but but not Howie. He's safe uh, for better or worse. Hmm. How interesting did you find that that the coaching situation would be on the table, but not the uh, talent assembler? Well, I mean, I know the relationship between Howie and 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 Jeff, so I'm not very surprised, uh, you know. And uh, I mean, depending on how you look at his drafts, you could find some positives, um, you know. So, I mean, I don't think, Lure, I mean, I don't think he wants to fire Doug either. Uh, but I mean, there have been points in this season when you know it, it seemed like something had to be done. Somebody was responsible for this, and uh, you know, so I think they started considering the, their options as far as the court coaching situation. But finding a new personnel guy is not on the table right now. 
All right, so let's get to the Jalen Hurts part of it. It's taken the second round. Paul, I'll be frank with you. Um, it's not like I don't think Jalen Hurts is talented, and it's not like I don't think he's a good guy. It doesn't you know? It doesn't really that that part doesn't matter. But I didn't think that on this level he could cut it at this position. Yet in, it's only two weeks, so it's a small sample size. I'm not right about that. What have you thought about Jalen Hurts? Uh, you know, he he showed a, a, a lot of poise in, in the two in his two starts. Um, you know, I mean, there are passes, including Sunday, that you know I'm sure he'd like to have back. Uh, you know, some high throws he made. Uh, the safety was a bad uh, a bad decision by him. But I mean, he sh- you know he does he's a very level uh, kid as far as his playing poise. I mean, he doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. Uh, you know, he, he's avoided big mistakes. He, you know, no one's ever questioned that he could run with the ball. He's, uh, you know, he's added that dimension to the to the offense that they didn't really have with Carson because, I mean, Carson's not interested in, in, in really running zone reads a whole lot. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I've been impressed by him. But, again, you know, we're, we're two games in, um, you know, so he's, they're going to have the sample size of the rest of this season, and then I don't know where they go from here. Um, you know, you saw the reports yesterday that you know that, that Carson's not happy, and, and his people are starting to make noises about uh, him being wanting to be traded. Uh, you know, I mean, I think their ideal way to handle this was to try and fix Carson during the off season, and then see where they go from there. Uh, you know that he's he's going to make the decision of whether that's possible or not. Do you think that the insertion of Jalen Hurts, because of the style of player he is, he's also a rookie, has that done something to reignite the creativity in Doug Peterson? I think a little bit, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I think any coach likes the whole Saturday afternoon angle of, a, of of his kind of quarterback and what you can do. I mean, you saw yesterday a lot of the misdirection that we haven't seen uh, in that offense this year. Some of it worked, some of it didn't. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think he likes that. I, that doesn't mean I don't think he he wishes Carson Wentz had played better and, and was still his quarterback. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think he likes that. He likes – you, you can be a little bit more imaginative with that kind of quarterback, uh, as long as you can keep a quarterback like that healthy. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I th- and I think it's all. I think what what Jalen's also done, you know, is excite a lot of the younger players on this team, the wide receivers, some of those young players that that suddenly are playing a lot better under him than they were previously. So. Um, you know, I think that's just kind of a – I mean, Carson's not an old-timer. He's 27, 28 years old. But, I mean, I think Carson seems to be sparking something in a lot of players and getting them to play better. All right. Uh, I know there's, under the category there's only one ball, but is Miles Sanders getting enough touches? No. <laughs> I mean, I, I've, I've thought for a while here that he certainly – you know, they, they came into the season – uh, telling us that that he could be a workhorse back, and 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 then then he wasn't. Uh, they they never really made a commitment to the run. Uh, their run play percentage this season is as low as it's been under Doug. I realize a lot of that's had to do with falling behind. 
but they just were not I mean he he's had one 20 carry game the entire season so I you know I think he needs even even yesterday he had uh, I want to say four or five carries in the second half um, so he needs to carry the ball more and they wanted to be more they wanted I mean last year he was he was an important part of the passing game he had 50 catches on I want to say 63 targets um, averaged like 10 yards a catch uh, you know had more 30 plus yard uh Completions than than I think the only running back in the league that had more was Austin Eckler from the Chargers. So they like that part of them. That hasn't happened this year for a lot of reasons. Uh, the offensive line kind of all the changes there kind of screwed up their whole screen game and made that ineffective, which which was is an important part of how you use Miles. And then he suddenly started dropping passes. Uh, you know he's got he leads all running backs and drops in the NFL this year. So um, that's you know when it, going forward they want that to change. You saw a little bit of that yesterday. They used them on screens that were effective. Uh, so that, you know, but getting back to your question, Steve, they need to increase his touches both in the passing game and the run game because he's 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 just one of their best players. Yeah, I know the first year and a half here at Penn State, Miles would have some, and this is practice, not in games, but he'd have a few drops here and there. He really started turning that around in practice and in games, and that's why to see him revert back to that earlier this season has kind of surprised me. Yeah, uh, looked, you know, last year he, I don't, I don't think he had, if he had any, there were very yeah. few. Like I said, he was targeted 63 times and had 50 catches. I think a lot of it this year has been he's been pressing, uh, when a lot of those plays early on, a lot of the screens and stuff didn't start working. He was in, he was kind of trying to run with the ball before he got it, and and you know, as you know, you've seen it with other players that leads to to a lot of drops. So I, I don't think that's who he is, um, and he's worked hard to even now, like in, every day in practice. Uh, you know, he's been on the jugs machine, uh, you know, trying to improve that aspect of his game. Uh, the other part with all this, too, is that I know it's a 33-point game yesterday, and two, of course, were on a safety. But it even seems like the last couple of weeks the defense has played a little better. Why? Um, well, their, their pass rush has just been very good the whole season. I think that's that's helped. Uh, but right. the last two weeks, the big difference has been turnovers. Uh, they had two big ones last week that, that kind of contributed to the – Went over the Saints. They had three yesterday. Probably should have had a fourth uh, on a zone read that Kyler Murray dropped, and it looked like about four different Eagles were going to be able to get to it, and they, they just ended up uh, ended up being recovered by the by by Arizona. But so I mean, I think that's been big. You know, I mean, I'm not sure why they've been so bad at turn, at, at takeaways. Uh, because of you know when you've got a good pass rush, you're usually going to get some strip sacks. You're usually going to force a lot of uh, hurried throws that are going to lead to interceptions. You know that hasn't happened. Uh, they've only had I think uh, yesterday's interception was their only their fifth this season. So uh, two weeks ago they only had three, which was the fewest in the league. So, um, but that's been the biggest difference the last two weeks in this team have been the turnovers, the defense. Yeah, no, qu- yeah, no question. All right, so. If Howie Roseman's entrenched there and he were to pull you aside and say, hey, about a little advice, 
between free agency and the draft, which what would be a couple of positions you know they need to go to right away? Uh, well, the, yeah, they won't be uh, getting much out of free agency because of their cap situation, unfortunately. Exactly. So, yeah, it's a killer. Um, yeah, you know, they the they've had a good sound philosophy over the years of building through the lines, and uh, I still think that's you know they're still a little bit unsettled at offensive tackle. I mean, they're get you know they'll get Lane Johnson back last next year, but he's going to be thirty two. Um, I mean, he's still got three, four good years, but left yeah. tackle's very unsettled with either, you know, it's either going to be Jordan Malata or uh, Andre Dillard, who missed this whole year with a with a bicep injury, and then the jury's out on both of them. So, you know, offensive tackle's a, a position they need to consider, and I think they need to go get themselves some more edge rushing help. Uh, Brandon Graham's going to be 33. He may not, you know, depend because of the cap situation, he may end up being a, a casualty that they have to cut. Um, so, you know, I think Josh Sweat's going to be a, a, a decent player, but I still think, you, you know, you, you've got to put pressure on the quarterback. They're okay inside. They, you know, they've got three, you know, between Hargrave and, and Malik Jackson and, 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 and Fletcher Cox, they've got three good pass rushing defensive tackles, but I think they can continue to add, um, help on the outside of the edge rusher besides that you know i mean depending on what you think of these wide receivers they're not going to go get wide receivers because i think they think you know that they, they, they made up they just made a howie made a major mistake in passing on justin jefferson yes uh that's not that's not to say jalen rager won't be a decent player but he's you know there's no question that he's not that, that he's not in the class of a jefferson they thought jefferson was strictly a slot receiver and they were wrong so, I mean, maybe they go get another wide receiver. Jeffrey's going to be uh, leaving. Der- De- Deshaun Jackson won't be back. Uh, but I think they have a lot of hope for some of these young kids, including Quez Watkins, who played well yesterday. Uh, so I don't know that they'll really, you know, even if I told him to go get a wide receiver and he, he was, <laughs> and, he, and I had his ear, he probably wouldn't do it. Um, you know, they need that. They need another. They need another back to team with Sanders. I mean, I like Boston Scott from the standpoint of, you know, a kid that gives you everything he's got, and he's 5'6", and he's fun to watch. But they need a power back uh, with, with Miles, a first down back that, that's, you know, that can, that they can use it as a compliment, kind of like they did back in 2017 when they had LeGarrette Blunt, and, uh, you know, and, and he was their first down back. So those are just a few positions I think they can uh, – you know, that I would tell him to go look at, and he would tell me to get lost. <laughs> <laughs> I know he'd tell me to get lost, and I'd have the ability to get lost. All right, so, <laughs> Paul, always a pleasure. Thanks so much. Happy holidays to you and yours. Thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. You bet, Steve. Anytime. Take care. You have a happy holiday, too. Thanks, Paul. Paul Domowich, Philadelphia Inquirer. Now, he would seek out your advice, of course. Of course. <laughs> I actually didn't know about that, that Howie and the Eagles personnel thought that Justin Jefferson is a slop, was a slop receiver. How embarrassing is that? That is probably the stupidest evaluation of him I have ever heard in my entire life. 
Well, I'm not really that embarrassed. <laughs> That's I mean, I, you know, I'm not really that embarrassed. I feel fine about myself. I mean, you should have more confidence in yourself. You don't have to feel embarrassed. <laughs> and the other thing I don't understand, too, Steve, while, <laughs> while Dombaugh's right with all the positions he just mentioned, Eagles mm-hmm. need a linebacker. Yeah, but yeah, but you know, but, but no, but Paul's right. You've got to start in the trenches. It's oh yeah, no, be, I agree. It's, it's you've got to start in the, on the offensive line. You have to. I think if I were to label Carson Wentz's biggest problem, which is then dominoed into then some self-inflicted problems, Carson Wentz's biggest problem has been the offensive line, which then triggered and dominoed into some self-inflicted problems. Yeah, my priority is. O line, maybe D line. If if what if what happens with Brandon Graham m- might come true, which I now kind of fear based on what he said. That's good info. And then I go linebacker after that. Those would be my top three needs, and then maybe corner safety somewhere in there too. Those are my top four needs right now for the birds. And it's great because you're going to be the next head coach anyway. Back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. He's back again. He's looking. He fumbles the football. He picks it up. He starts to run, and he throws it and completes it at a first down as Goddard makes the catch and then goes out of bounds. What poise. Merrill Reese, Mike Quick with the call. Praising a, a play that went for no gain. That was, no, that was a first down throw. I'm just kidding. It was a joke. Okay, it's it's it's, it's a Jalen Hurts joke. You lost. Okay, you know, you didn't win. Yeah, like it was a joke. It was one of those like take a shot at Matt jokes. Huh? All right. Uh, I see Kevin Green passed away. Jeez, how about that? Um, the Steelers play the Bengals tonight. Uh, Tennessee has opted out of the Liberty Bowl because they have COVID with players and coaches and staff. Army holding on four. West Virginia is in the Liberty Bowl. I'm just telling you, Army holding on four. Put them in a bowl game. It's a Liberty Bowl. It's perfect. Liberty Bowl Army. Army? Liberty? Liberty Army? Huh? Yeah, thought I'd mention that. 
oh wait, common sense in college football, people in charge don't make sense, don't mix. I'm, I'm telling you, you, you go to France, there's still people that praise the American army for liberating them. Liberty, army, army, liberty, come on, let's go. Let's go. Well, North Texas scored another touchdown. Are they back in it here? It was 35-14. Maybe it's 35-20 to 20 now. Uh, yeah, well, threw a touchdown pass down the middle. Appalachian State defended it like, yeah, it's 35-20, so an extra point coming up in the third quarter. About six minutes ago in the third quarter down in Brooks Stadium in Myrtle Beach. It's the Myrtle Beach Bowl. And not only that, the field is teal. So Eastern Washington has a red field. Boise has a blue field. Myrtle, Coastal Carolina has a teal field. And Eastern Michigan has the dreaded gray field. Now, I've been to Eastern Michigan Stadium. I actually saw Wyoming play Eastern Michigan there a couple of years ago. That's when I first saw Josh Allen play in person. And... The gray field in person is atrocious. <laughs> and I asked somebody there, I said, why gray? And said, ESPN told us they would put us on national TV if we had a gray field, so we did it. That's where they feel, following ESPN's advice. <laughs> I mean, the TV guys. Oh, boy. They, they thought it would look nice on TV. I don't know. I mean, now, Eastern Washington with the red field is jolting. Ever seen that when they play in the uh, FCS playoffs? That's a jolting look, the red field. But it takes you a little bit to get used to it. It makes you root for them not to advance and host the next round. (laughs) (laughs) Fresno State's got the red field, too, still, right? Oh, do they? Okay. I thought so. Okay. Uh, I never even got around to the play of Charlie Woods. You see that yesterday? I did not. Tiger Woods' son, both wearing the red shirt. They didn't win it. But, man, I'll tell you right now, that young man has himself a sweet swing. And then he rolls in a putt and he fist pumps it. Like dad, they're the jeans. Like, like holy mackerel! <laughs> He's got a nice swing. Kind of reminds me of Wetzel. <laughs> I'm sure he tell he'll take that compliment. It is Christmas week, people. Somehow enjoy.